What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, so time for another player breakdown. This week, you guys requested to see AJ Brown versus T Higgins versus Michael Pittman Jr. And I honestly could not agree more. I would say at least like 25% of you are gonna face this exact decision, but upwards of maybe half the people watching this video will have to decide between at least two of these players as long as you're playing in more than like one league. All three are fantastic picks in the third round and assuming you watched yesterday's video you know optimally you're probably looking at wide receiver in round three so if it does come down to these three who we take let's start the breakdown off with aj brown brown will be entering his fourth season in the nfl and will be playing his first season as a member of the eagles he had a slow start as a rookie but once they finally gave him snaps he was incredible he finished the season with over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns, finishing 15th overall in wide receiver scoring, but was actually the wide receiver one in points per game after their week 11 bye. So after they came out of the bye in his rookie season, he was the best wide receiver in the NFL for at least fantasy football points per game, averaging over 100 receiving yards per game, scoring five touchdowns in the six weeks. In the two years since then, he's finished inside the top 5% in both success rate versus man and success rate versus press coverage while scoring 16 touchdowns through 27 games, finishing 5th and 19th in fantasy points per game, half PPR scoring, and then only counting the games where he actually played, didn't get hurt in like the first few plays. And that's the thing with Brown. It's really just health with people. Everybody knows no one's going to disagree. When he is healthy, he's a stud. And if he was, you know, just completely healthy, never hurt, people will be all over him, maybe even end of round one. But in round two, he'd be a slam dunk pick in the early second round. But he missed weeks two and three in the 2020 season with a bone bruise on his foot. He missed week three last season with a hamstring injury, weeks 12 through 15 with a chest injury. And he also had surgery on, I believe it was both knees, but at least one knee over an off season. And he didn't miss any time because of that. But, you know, it's still something that happened to him that needed recovery. So he's had a lot of injuries. I wouldn't say he's had any like major injuries. I would call an Achilles tear or a torn ACL. Those are like significant injuries that at times takes like multiple years to fully recover from. He's had more minor injuries, but still, you know, he's missing games here and there. Ultimately, I still am in the camp that thinks like the injuries with him is a little bit overblown. He's only missed six of a possible 49 games and an 88% play rate really is not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that people's concerns are invalid because even missing a few games a year is less than ideal, especially if you're spending a third round pick on someone. If he was going around seven, eight, nine, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't really care if he's going to miss a month of the season, even if you're going to give me good production that late, I'm going to take it. In round three, if you are drafting someone that's consistently missing time, that hurts. Again, though, I still think it's a little bit overblown, especially given how young he is. If he consistently missed three games per year and was 30, I'd have some concerns because maybe he's starting to break down. You know, he just turned 25 this summer. Again, he's played 43 of a possible 49 games and producing really, really well when he has been out there. So I don't think the biggest concern we have here should be injuries. 
What we really should be thinking about is what kind of volume is he going to get now that he's on the Eagles? He was the clear alpha on the Titans passing attack, but Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard are very viable options for Philly. It's better than what the Titans ever had at receiver. I'll start off by saying that he's the clear alpha. I don't think the target share ceiling, so he had some games with the Titans where it was like, you know, they would have a very low passing volume in total because, of course, they used Derrick Henry a ton, and he would just, I'm talking about A.J. Brown now, would just dominate the target share. Like, he would go out there and have literally half the targets. I don't think that's really a possibility in Philly when they do have those games where they don't pass as much. I still think like Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard are really going to command target shares. And so if we look at the like absolute ceiling, I think in terms of target share, in terms of touchdown share, that was higher in Tennessee just because they didn't have as much in the passing attack. In his three seasons over there, again with the Titans, his target shares were 19.5% as a rookie, 26% in year two, 27% in year three. I'm projecting a 26% target share this season and I do think that's fair because the Philly offense is still very concentrated so even though they have really good playmakers and better playmakers than the Titans had we know that all of the passing volume is going to be centered around AJ Brown Devonta Smith Dallas Goddard then a little bit mixing in with the running backs Quez Watkins getting some of the leftovers and then all the other receivers tight ends basically getting nothing, like just getting scraps here and there. So we're going to see it very, very concentrated. And so it makes it more okay that they have other playmakers that are really good getting command target shares because they're not spreading the ball around to a bunch of other players. We've also seen a lot of reports from camp that Jalen Hurts is just peppering A.J. Brown with targets. And that makes sense. I mean, he trailed only Devonta Adams and Stephon Diggs in success rate versus man coverage last season and was behind only Devonta Adams in success rate versus press. A.J. Brown is always open. And even though Smith is an exceptional wide receiver, Brown is just better at this point of their respective careers. One thing that I have seen people point out about A.J. Brown is this quarterback downgrade, they call it. And I don't really get that one. Ryan Tannehill is certainly a fine quarterback, but there's nothing truly special about him. And I get it if you want to call it like a neutral change, maybe saying that like Tannehill is fine and maybe you don't think Jalen Hurts is all that good. But saying that it's a downgrade is a little bit odd to me. I mean, they have the same career yards per attempt, but Hurts only has one season as a starter throwing to three, four, and five wide receivers of Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, and Kenneth Gainwell. You know, and he had Devonta Smith as a rookie. Like, he hasn't had an A.J. Brown on the team. And pretty much all the targets of these ancillary players that are not very good are now going to A.J. Brown. That's a huge upgrade, and that's going to make Jalen Hurts better. And you can even see that when looking at Ryan Tannehill splits with and without A.J. Brown. Since 2019, when A.J. Brown joined the Titans, Tannehill sees a 5% boost in his completion percentage, 7% more passing yards per game, 22% increase to his yards per attempt, 80% more passing touchdowns per game, a 103% increase to his passing touchdown percentage while taking over 50% fewer sacks. I don't think this is a quarterback downgrade. I think that A.J. Brown is 
one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. You could argue he's top five in the NFL. Maybe that's a little bit aggressive, but if we look at success rates, just getting open, shredding coverages, he's fantastic. He really only trailed Devonta Adams last season. And so I don't think this is a case of he's going from Tannehill to Hertz and Hertz is going to perform poorly. I think this is A.J. Brown is someone who elevates the players around him. And he did elevate Ryan Tannehill at times. And we're going to see that happen with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is going to look a lot better this season because he's able to throw to A.J. Brown, who's always open. So as you can tell, I like A.J. Brown. But honestly, I do genuinely love this entire list. So let's move on to T. Higgins next. Higgins will be entering his third season in the NFL after turning just 23 this January. So he is very, very young. And what do you know? Uh, He broke out in his rookie season as well, caught 67 balls, 908 yards, six touchdowns, and then followed that up with a fantastic year too, even with Jamar Chase breaking out. I mean, Jamar Chase had one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen, but T. Higgins was still really, really good. Caught 74 passes, just under 1,100 yards, was 1,091 yards, and then six touchdowns despite missing two games with a shoulder strain and then also sitting out a meaningless week 17. So that 74 for 1,106 touchdowns was without playing in three games that he could have played in. Like if he plays in those games, his numbers are going to be really, really good. All told, he was the wide receiver 39 in half PPR points per game as a rookie, wide receiver 12 in half PPR points per game last season. He also managed to increase his yards per target, his catch rate, even while commanding more volume in year two, thanks to higher success rates against all of man zone and press coverage. Though, it is worth noting that he does still trail A.J. Brown by a wide margin in success rates versus man and press. If we're just considering both of these two players, how well they can beat man-to-man press coverage or man-to-man non-press coverage, A.J. Brown is the better wide receiver. That's, I mean, it's really not something anyone can argue. The offense, going back to Cincinnati here, uh, it's going to look extremely similar to what it did last season. So it's no wonder really why T. Higgins is being drafted exactly where he finished last year. Not very much is going to change. The one question mark I honestly see is with Jamar Chase. Chase was unbelievable as a rookie, and the sky's the limit for him in year two. You have to imagine that he's going to improve as a player. I know he was already fantastic, but I mean, he's a rookie. Like, he's just going to get better. And so it is fair to wonder what that means for T. Higgins. I personally have T. Higgins with um, a slightly lower target share from what he had last year. But remember, he had nearly 1,100 yards, even missing three games. So if we bump down his target share, and again, it's a very small bump down, that still leaves him with an incredible projection. So we love A.J. Brown. We love T. Higgins. What about Pittman? Well, I love him too. Pittman uh, also going to be entering his third season in the NFL, coming off a breakout second season. He was still like really, really good as a rookie, but obviously, you know, uh, the other two had better rookie seasons. Um, But we were on him last year because we saw to close his rookie year, he was performing really, really well. It was very clear he was going to break out. And then he did. 88 receptions, 1,082 yards, six touchdowns. This offseason, the team has raved about his progress as a player. And it's been very apparent in camp that like it's Michael Pittman Jr. and it's everyone else. They have other players who we hope are going to step up. Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce. 
but they're very, very far behind Pittman. Pittman is the very clear lead in this passing attack. And it's a passing attack that does get an upgrade this season going from the you know forever mediocre or honestly less than mediocre Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. It's a really, really strong upgrade. The team has also been very impressed with what Matt Ryan has done so far, especially so quickly, just joining the team this offseason. And it is a lock that the offense is going to be better overall. Just like T. Higgins, Pittman progresses a player going from year one into year two. His yards per target, his catch rate also increased, even more than doubling his targets. But he also saw a really big jump in his success rates as well. He was still really, really good as a rookie, but you know he was just above average in success rate versus man and press. Um, he did have a below average success rate against zone coverage. Uh, there were a number of routes that you know he wasn't overly successful running as a rookie. But last offseason, he put it all together. And during the season, he performed so incredibly well. Like he really showed what this team thought he could be when they drafted him. Like they were, if you go back and you watch um, footage of when they drafted him, footage of them talking about him as a rookie, like they were so excited about the future for Pittman. I mean, they are in love with this kid. And he showed last season he's got that. He's got that ceiling. He can be the guy they can lean on. And last year was not the best year of his career. He's going to keep excelling. He's going to keep growing as a player. He's going to be very good. And he showed last season he can be dominant. He dominated nearly every single route in the route tree. He dominated man, zone, press coverage. In fact, there were only five wide receivers that were better against press coverage than Pittman last year. It was Devonta Adams, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, Joseph Jefferson. That's it. He's also six foot four, 220 pounds. And so I don't even think they've truly tapped into his touchdown potential yet. He could have a season where he has 15 touchdowns. Maybe that's on the high end, but double digits is firmly in his range of outcomes this season. I think he can absolutely hit that. You're not going to project 10 touchdowns, but I think I have him projected around eight. He's going to be really good this season. So as you can see, all these wide receivers are phenomenal. And honestly, you should be targeting all all of them in round three. Round three is an exceptional round to draft wide receiver. I want to be honestly above weight on all these players this season. But we have to create a final ranking. And so this is how I'm seeing it. Higgins is the only number two wide receiver on this list. And with how good Chase already was as a rookie, 81 receptions, over 1,450 yards and 13 touchdowns. Again, as a rookie with monster success rates. And for me, thinking that coming out of college, he was one of the best prospects we've ever seen. I'm thinking he's going to take another step forward this year. And so since I think that Higgins is still going to be the number two, and I don't think he's the most talented wide receiver on the list, I don't think the passing offense, the passing environment there is enough for me to rank him over this trio. So I do think I have to have him last. Between Brown and Pittman, I genuinely do think it's a tie. I sat here for like a good hour this morning, truly trying to figure out which one of them is the better pick. And there are equal cases to be made for both of them. The projections come out very similar. According to the projections, Pittman is a slightly better pick in full PPR scoring. Brown is a slightly better pick in standard scoring. But again, we do these breakdowns for half PPR. It is a virtual tie. Whichever one you have a stronger lean for, that's the one that I would take. 
If you're very excited about this new Colts offense, you're a little bit hesitant to draft A.J. Brown because of the injuries, draft Pittman. But if you are like me and you kind of think A.J. Brown is one of the best wide receivers in football and we haven't truly seen him break out yet and he's going to elevate this Eagles offense, go with A.J. Brown. Right now, I think that I would take A.J. Brown. Again, you kind of heard my take there. I really think that people are just underrating how good he is. But again, it's so unbelievably close. Just take the one that you feel confident in. My ranking again, A.J. Brown, then Pittman, then Higgins, but I want all of them. And honestly, the first two get taken, just be like, okay, you made my decision easier. I'm going to take the last one. So that'll do it for this week's player breakdown. I'm honestly not sure if there's going to be one next week. There'll be a video, but I don't know if it's going to be a breakdown. I don't really know when week one content is starting. Uh, So we'll see. Worst case, I don't do one, but put your suggestions in the comment section just in case there is a breakdown to do next week. I'll be back tomorrow to go over five wide receivers you should not be drafting. Saturday to go over the latest news and ADP changes over the last week. And Sunday to go over my must-draft running backs. But that, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? And how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.